0: Welcome, everybody, to the Real Talk Real Estate podcast. We're the Home Field Group. We've got Rick Lobb, Kathy Dawson, and myself, Jeff Bauer. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about the buying process. We're going to talk about uh, all the steps that you need to take to to secure a home and some tips and uh, just exactly what the process is going to look like. Uh, Last podcast we had, uh, we talked about the market in Godrich, we talked about uh, supply, demand, and what's happening that way. And today we're going to talk about uh, how that all works if you, if you did want to secure a home. So um, I guess first things first, we'll kind of, the way we're going to frame the podcast today is Rick's going to kind of do a, a visual uh, timeline of what it's going to look like, the offer process. So the first thing that someone uh, does when they're looking for a house is they typically will start looking online. You know, they'll start kind of looking around Realtor.ca, RLP Heartland, Royal Page, Homefield Group.ca, those sorts of websites that have all of the different listings on them, and they get kind of a sense of what they want or what they they think they're going to be able to afford, or they start dreaming and. They might see uh, home ownership way down the road, or they might see it a bit closer. So um, once somebody has kind of started that ball rolling, uh, next step, uh, Kathy, is...
1: The pre-qualification?
0: That's right, yeah.
1: Yeah, and as Jeff mentioned, most people are looking online. We get a lot of online leads, and typically when we first hear from somebody is when they want to see a house we wanna make sure that they're pre-qualified as well. And if you're a first time home buyer, they're looking at your your debt ratio. Um, there's a number of different places where you can can go to, for pre-qualification. If you have a banker that you're, you're comfortable with, uh, chat with them. Uh, there's also mortgage brokers. There's a number of, of different options and, and we can provide you with um, a few options as well. Uh, if you're a first-time home buyer, they're looking at that debt ratio and they will give you an idea of your affordability and the, the price point that you can afford. So you're not looking at houses that are beyond your price point. And if you already are a homeowner, it's still a good idea to go and talk to your financial advisor. Um, there, there will be um, your affordability. Plus, you're going to want to ask them about um, bridge financing. And that way, when it comes to the closing date, you might have a two-week window to move or a two-day window, or your closing dates might be on the same day, depending on your preference and the cost of your bridge financing. It's it's just good to know that information in advance.
0: So when someone starts looking, they're going to have a price range they want to look in. Uh, they're going to have an idea of what, uh, what sort of house they want. Uh, so when you say debt ratio... Like that's how much somebody's monthly cost is to exist. So they're, uh, any loans that they have, uh, car loans exist, like OSAP loans, loans things yeah. like that, versus how much the house is going to cost to carry, i.e. mortgage amount, taxes, uh, insurance, gas bill, those sorts of things. So that's what the total debt services or uh, debt ratio Uh, means.
2: Which generally a financing institution uh, representative will help a buyer figure out.
0: Yeah. So we're going to, uh, in a future podcast, we're going to bring in an expert uh, to kind of talk about uh, how that process works. Uh, There's all sorts of different, uh, you know, like Kathy said, mortgage brokers, those sorts of uh, institutions, the bank you already work with. We'll bring someone in. We're going to ask them some questions. Uh, in more in depth on how you get pre-qualified, how you uh, and how that whole process work, process works. So um, after after you're pre-approved, then you're going to look for an agent. So Rick, talk about uh, how somebody can select an agent.
2: Yeah. So when you're looking for a or when you're getting started, it's it's a a good thing to uh, to develop a relationship with a buyer representative to work with somebody that you can communicate well with. Who uh, will be representing your interests and uh, and can be uh, a one point uh, point of contact for the whole experience of of going to see houses and then eventually buying and going through the whole buying process. You can, if you uh, if you do want to uh, work with a variety of realtors, you can uh, establish. A customer service arrangement with realtors, but overall, uh, we generally recommend that you choose a realtor who you have chemistry with, who you can communicate well with, and then establish a representation agreement with that person to uh, go through the process with.
0: So once once you have that representation agreement, the the brokerage and that agent or salesperson has a has an obligation to represent your best a, uh, interest as a buyer. So right. once that happens. Uh, then they're legally, the like we would be legally bound to represent that buyer's best interest. Oftentimes we'll see people that are coming in and into like an open house. That's sort of kind of how people sometimes start looking because they don't want to feel intimidated uh, with private showing. So a lot of times we'll see people at an open house and that's their first introduction to an agent. So that's a way to get to beat agents. And you know you want to do your homework on your agent. This person's supposed Definitely. to be legally obliged to represent your best interests. So you you want to do your homework, you want to check them out online, you want to hopefully meet them, interview them, make sure that you feel comfortable with them yeah. as your agent, right? There's nothing better for me than representing a buyer who's done their due diligence, has looked at all the different agents that are available and decided, no, Jeff's the guy who I feel most comfortable with. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, a good, it's a good feeling for both parties when you know that that, that relationship is founded in something more than just like, oh, that's the listing I want to buy. So I'm going to work with That's that right. person, right? Yeah. Which you can do too. Yep. So, um, all right, let's get the whiteboard out, Rick. Okay. So at the point then that
2: now we yep. have found a house and we're going to take it to the next step of, of actually submitting an offer.
0: Well, you're going to look at houses first. You're, yeah. going to, you're going to go through, once you have an agent, that agent's going to show you those houses that you like. They're going to uh, narrow down your search. That's right find the things that you like in a home the things that you dislike in a home location versus uh your your financial, financial uh, abilities means yeah. to to purchase because sometimes that's you might want a certain house more than you care about where a it location. is location like great. if you want something in Bayfield uh then you're going to have to spend a lot more money than you are in Finastra. Yeah, if you want the the kind of house then maybe you end up looking in a different market. But That's you look around, uh, you find a house that you want, and then uh, you submit an offer.
2: Yeah, and so once we're at the offer stage, then it gets into what we call the negotiation stage. And... That could take a matter of hours, that could take a matter of days or a matter of weeks or months, depending on the market conditions and, uh, and how far apart you were when you offered compared to the list price. Let's talk
0: about multiple offers right now. Okay. Uh, and,
2: yeah. So typically, uh, if you are in a situation where you're offering with more than one competing – or what? sorry, you're offering – with more than one offer. In other words, you're offering in
0: competition. Which people like to call, people like to call that a bidding war. Right. That which is kind of a, people have this false idea of what happens when more than one buyer is interested in a house that's for sale. They immediately think, oh, bidding war and everyone's going to have to make their price so high and it's going to be this thing that escalates up and up and up, Um, which is partially true, but we, we call that, an offer in competition. So it's competing offer situation, uh, which is a little bit different than the typical negotiation process.
2: Yeah, it basically means it's not really a, a, a bidding war. What it is, is you have one opportunity to submit a number that you're in competition with however many other offers there are. And you have one kick at the can in order to submit the highest number you're willing to pay for that house. And then the seller reviews the offers with their agent and chooses the most attractive offer which is not always the highest offer depending on conditions and other closing dates closing and dates. other uh, mm-hmm. yeah, other aspects of the
0: of the deal so a common question that I hear when my buyers are offering in competition is uh, whether the other people that are offering are going to know what their offer is and in on that, Every person offering gets to know
2: how many they're competing against, but nobody gets to know the terms or details of any of the other offers.
0: So everyone submits blind with what is their most attractive offer typically, and whichever one's selected is uh, moves forward, whether it's conditional or not. Correct. So a uh, typical offer uh, that we see is going to have, um, you know, you have a price that you're offering, a uh, conditions, uh, closing date, deposit. Chattels included. Chattels. Um, so when we say conditions, these are things that you're including uh, in the offer that are conditions of the offer. So for we'll instance, we'll get there in just one second. Yeah, okay. Where were we? Yeah, so so what Jeff see, was I can't just pointing okay, at negotiations. So, yeah, negotiations. What yeah. Jeff was pointing
2: at is the fact that when you're in a competing offer situation, then this, this negotiation phase is usually non-existent. You have one opportunity, you submit your offer, and then it either is accepted or it's not. But ideally, if you get to go through neg- negotiation, or if your competing offer is accepted, then we get to acceptance, which...
1: Yay. Yeah, that's <laughs> good.
2: Congratulations, yeah. your offer has been accepted. At that point, that's when we often ask, or we will ask for a deposit to be paid. So upon acceptance, you'll pay a deposit, whatever was agreed upon in the in the offer. And then we go into what Jeff was just talking about, which is the conditions phase. So the typical conditions that we would uh, have in any typical offer would be a condition on financing, a condition on a home inspection, uh, and maybe a condition on the sale of your property, which Kathy was referring to earlier. So typically, those conditions um, for financing and inspection usually last about ten, five five to 10 banking days. Typically, we ask for 10 banking days. And uh, it does seem like you know, a little bit of a long time, like why it would take two weeks to get financing. But usually that comes down to whether or not uh, the property needs to have an appraisal done on it prior to uh, meeting your your other financing uh, obligations.
0: So our, our banking expert will go into a lot more detail in future uh, mini-podcast about, about that, yeah, about, about step satisfying step. that condition. Uh, insurance condition is fairly easy. Typically a home already has an insurance policy on it. Uh, oftentimes you can just go with that same insurance company. Yeah. But you want to make sure that you're uh, you're purchasing something that's going to be insurable from a loss. Correct. Um,
2: and there was a, a number of years ago, the insurance community said to the real estate community, don't assume that we will insure your houses that you have listed. Because of things like uh, knob and tube wiring, 60 amp hydro service, galvanized metal plumbing, the age of the roof, Uh, Insurance companies want to know some details before they will grant uh, insurance to
0: a house. Yeah. And then the the other one would be a home inspection.
1: Yeah, the home inspection, typically you can look at that costing around the $400 mark, including the HST. Uh, Locally, uh, Mike Bowler with Huron Home Inspections does a lot of the home inspections in this area and he'll start up on the roof goes through all the systems of the house and it's very comprehensive and gives you um, a little peace of mind a lot of information about the house prior to you signing off on the house and it being sold sometimes a different inspection might need to be done if the house has a septic system and you would like the septic inspected. Some people opt for a warranty. Some people get it inspected. If you don't know that much about it, we don't have any maps on it. There could be a septic company that comes in and and flags out the location of, of where the bed is and the runs and it gives you an idea of the health of the system.
0: When they do when they do the inspection, they basically, I, I kind of, I sometimes will explain it to my buyers. Like they'll be like, "Well, why do I need an inspection? I can see everything." It's it's the things that you can't see, like the attic or crawl space or um, you know things in the wiring that uh, that a professional home inspector has uh, so much experience with that they can they can identify those things. And I, I will describe it kind of like the the insurance that you get on a rental car. It's the kind of thing that if if the inspector goes in there and finds nothing. It's, it's good to know that there's nothing, but if they find something for that peace of mind for $400, if they find something that's going to cost you, you know, if you need a, a new furnace and you, you weren't able to identify that just by looking at it, yeah. like that's a, that's a substantial Big cost takeaway. that you're going to have that you want to be able to anticipate moving forward. So if he can come in and say, no, you have another five years on that furnace, that gives you peace of mind that you're not going to have to save that money up. Um, and, and he's
1: always going to find things. He's going mean, to find some. no something. house is perfect. There's yeah. always going to be a list. But some are more major glaring things that you weren't expecting.
0: And he does, like when Mike does it, I love that it's almost like a how-to manual of the house. So he'll walk around with the buyer and your agent and he'll show you, okay, this is how you change the furnace filter. Yeah. This is the shutoff for your water. This is where you shut off the taps for outside so they don't freeze. Here's how you do this. This is your... Uh, air purifier, all those sorts of things that, as a first-time buyer or a, any buyer moving into a new home, might not be 100% familiar with. Yeah,
2: you can end up using that inspection report as a bit of a maintenance manual.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's our, our conditions. So uh, when we satisfied all those. Yeah. So once satisfied, then then we
2: get to what we call uh, the firming process, or we're dropping the conditions by either waiving them or fulfilling them there's two different documents so waving
0: waving let's let's dive in a little bit deeper sure. waving says that you're waiving the right to that condition That's so correct. let's say regardless
2: I, of whether or not you have yeah. had the inspection Let, or you've confirmed your financing you're comfortable enough removing the, the condition. use
0: the home inspection con- condition as an example um we we have that in our offer that we have the right to, to do a home inspection, yep. but we decide, okay, uh, I've talked with uh, family members that have seen the place, I know enough about it, I feel comfortable not doing the home inspection, and I'm gonna waive my right Correct. to fulfilling that condition. But the 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 process of the offer is gonna continue on. If you did do the home inspection, and then you were like, okay, yep, I've satisfied that condition, I like, I like what the report said in my sole and absolute discretion, uh, I will sign this document called notice of fulfillment, and I fulfilled those conditions. So once you've done that with all of your conditions, then the deal is called firm. That's correct. And that's when uh, that's when this it gets reported sold to the real estate board. It'll come down off of Realtor.ca and the advertising uh, websites, and the sold sign's going to go uh, on the home. And correct. that's when we get the high fives and the the handshakes when it when it's firm. But you don't get the keys yet. Correct. So that's
2: That we usually call the sold phase. So that means the seller is continuing to, uh, well, take care of the property, insure the property, maybe continuing to live in the property uh, until the closing date. And uh, at the closing date, we would normally make sure that we do one last final inspection. And the final inspection is not a condition. It's just a final walkthrough of the property to make sure that you're not inheriting any insurance liabilities because we have had situations where, let's say, a tornado has blown through the town. And, uh, and you know, if there was... In fact, I had a client at one point who had a firm offer that was in the sold phase uh, when the tornado came through Godrich Uh, It did do damage to the house, and this party uh, had an opportunity to either close on it uh, with the insurance funds available and fix it the way they wanted to fix it, or to actually uh, uh, back off the the house and and, uh, go buy something else, which they ended up doing. But the point is, we do the final inspection on the day of closing before you pay, before the buyer pays their funds, uh, just to make sure... That there isn't a tree on the roof, that there isn't a foot of water in the basement, and that all the required or included items are present, and that there is not unwanted items on the property as well.
0: So, in that sold phase as well, what the uh, we're at like the buyer's agent, our office is going to. Uh, pass all the information, the offer, the waivers, information about the property onto the buyer's lawyer. Yeah. So to close the deal, a buyer needs to have a lawyer. Um, and that lawyer is going to make sure that uh, your funds come from the bank and are distributed to uh, to the seller. And they're also going to do what's called a title search. So during the phase of a title search, the, the lawyer is going to look at the title, which uh, the title of the property goes along with the property, uh, with the deed and what have you. And they, they're they going to make sure that the the title is free of any... Um, liens. Liens, pending severances, encumbrances, Major easements. Yeah, major easements. So a weird right-of-way, like yep. if, if your neighbor had a right-of-way over a portion of your driveway the, the lawyer that we didn't know about, um, the lawyer's going to find those and has until a certain date uh, during that sold phase to, uh, to raise that with the seller's lawyer. Yeah. Uh, if it's something that's a, that's a deal breaker, the lawyers would settle that on their end. And, uh, but typically, typically, things are pretty clear. And the, and the seller does have the obligation to pass along the title free and clear of any of these. But because they run with the title, you want to do your own due diligence yeah. and, and have your lawyer do that.
2: And with that um, due diligence usually comes a title insurance policy. Uh, which is a one-time policy you purchase through your lawyer that uh, lasts with uh, your entire ownership of the property.
0: So we're going to, on a future mini podcast, we're going to bring in a a lawyer uh, to kind of talk about what exactly happens during that title search, uh, the costs associated with with having them do that title search, the costs associated with title insurance, what it would cover, um, and just kind of what that process looks like once the deal is firm before closing, and uh, yeah, we'll bring we'll bring someone in to talk about uh, you know those sorts of things, and we'll have we'll have some questions prepared for them.
1: Right. And that period of time, from when it's sold to when it closes, the shortest time that we'd like to see is a two-week period. Sometimes it's longer, depending on when the buyer and seller decide the moving day is going to be. Um, but we never want that to be that closing date to be on a Friday.
0: Right. Friday,
1: Fridays
2: Let are tricky Rick talk about why yeah we t- just in through the years of real estate we started to realize that Mondays and Fridays tend to be busy days at lawyer offices and especially on a Friday if you do run into an issue on a closing and uh, that issue can't be dealt with by the end of the business day then you're gonna end up uh, with a, a you know a failure to close over the course of a weekend that uh, they don't end up getting back to it until the Monday, so you you're left hanging over the weekend. So we tend to try and have, uh, set up closing dates for Tuesday, Wednesdays, or Thursdays, because if if we do get into a problem on a Wednesday, uh, then they can close you, on the Thursday. They can close it yeah. on the Thursday, yeah. and it's only a one day inconvenience.
0: You don't have all your stuff in a box or in a truck for sitting a over a weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, living in the back of a van. Yeah,
2: which is very very rare, although it has happened.
0: Yeah, it has absolutely.
2: So then closing day comes? So closing day comes. We've done our final inspection, uh, our final walkthrough. We're satisfied. We inform our lawyer that everything with the property looks good. Give the lawyer the green light to close. And typically a closing will occur uh, just after lunch, usually anytime before, uh, well, as late as 5 or 6 p.m., but but typically uh, early to mid-afternoon. At that particular point, uh, and of course, closing days are never uh, are never um, clean and neat and perfect. Uh, they're always maybe a little bit messy. In other words, it's possible that the deal closes and the seller hasn't moved out entirely yet. It's possible that uh, uh, that the seller is gone and, and the uh, you know the the buyer doesn't can't get the keys until very very late in the day or or until after the lawyer's office closes. So the realtor will will uh, typically uh, help the facilitate the closing to try and make it as smooth as possible, and uh, and then on that closing day, that's when you order the or you you break open the bottle of champagne
0: and celebrate your your new house. Yeah. So the I guess one thing that we should say just in in summary and uh, is that this is all just kind of a guideline. Everything, everything is different. And this is also a guideline on how things work in our market. Um, if somebody's watching or listening from outside of our market or especially from outside of Ontario, things could be completely different uh, legally outside of Ontario. But we're speaking about the market here, here in Huron County and how things typically work here. Um, I'm sure it's similar in other, other markets. But um, you know, if, uh, one thing that uh, we like to emphasize is you want to deal with, when you're in that phase of finding an agent, you want to find an agent that's knowledgeable for where you want to buy. Yes. So I'm not going to go and sell somebody a house in, you know, new market because I don't know that market. That would be a new market to me. <laughs> well played.
1: <funny>. Good example. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't even do that. Open. And typically, uh, if yeah. you have
1: <laughs> your good. realtor in new market and you're selling there and and purchasing with us, we will work together with your realtor there. To keep things as low stress as possible. Yeah, because for you. there's
0: there's a lot of things that need to line up. If you are doing a a buy sell, like if you want to buy a house and move to a to another house, sorry, if you want to sell a house and move to another house, there's a lot of timelines and details that the both realtors need to be yeah uh,
1: on the same on page. the same page for. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's it's good to have professionals that can com- communicate with one another, and that's uh, that's a huge advantage to uh, to have a professional, pick someone who knows the market, and um, yeah there's going to be there's always going to be stuff that comes up, whether it's while you're looking, whether you're in negotiations or when you're um, when you're uh, doing your conditions or closing there's going to be hiccups, but that's why you hire somebody uh, that's been through it hundreds of times. People will typically only buy or sell a house a few times in their life. We do it multiple times uh, and a this month. market
1: is so challenging right now. As a buyer, you need to have all your ducks in a row and be very prepared. So we would love to see you in advance of of any purchase. And even in that pre-qualification process, if you have a house and you're going to speak uh, to your financer and you need to know what's the value of my house right now, just so I can move forward with some numbers, we're happy to come and give you a free evaluation of of your home to help you get that process started.
2: And although my flowchart is crystal clear and very easy to understand, uh, if you do have any questions about it, uh, feel free to contact. It us. did
0: look like this one time when Ricklaw was super ambitious <laughs> and did it on <laughs> his computer. So that bad boy, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're kind of they're they're pretty much the same. They're, they're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So yeah. the um, yeah, so that's the offer and buying process. We uh, we'd love to explain more if you ha- do you have any questions about any of the, uh, the details that we went into there. Uh, we've got, uh, you can give us a message, uh, a direct message uh, in the uh, Instagram, uh, off the podcast, Facebook, wherever you're watching this. Uh, we did have, uh, this was our second episode. Our last one, like I said, was about the, the market in the area. So that's available on there as well. Um, anything to add, guys?
2: If you have uh, a curiosity or interest in a specific uh, topic that you want us to touch on, Feel free to get a hold of us. We'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Again, we're Homefield Group at Royal LePage, and this has been Real Talk Podcast.